Welcome to the Vacation Impossible podcast for Wednesday, April 13th, 2016. Currently somewhere in the Caribbean between Jamaica and Grand Cayman. So it's our first ever podcast. Uh, we're giving this, this a try. What happened was on April Fool's we had a bit of a prank that we played on our social media channels, Facebook and Twitter mostly, um, where we were making it sound like we were going to be doing a podcast, uh, like it was the most normal thing in the world. And... Uh, it was a little more successful than we thought. We actually kind of tricked a couple people accidentally. And uh, people started suggesting topics and actually kind of looking forward to the podcast. So, anyways, on to the first podcast question that was submitted uh, by Tamara, which is, uh, what is your favorite season of the show? So, Mike, what's, what's your favorite season of the show so far? I would have to say my favorite season of the show. Mm. All of them. They're all good, but if I had to pick one, I would say Las Vegas. That was that was good. Las Vegas was. If you've not been to Las Vegas, highly recommend you go to Las Vegas, and also check out the Penn and Teller show. They're awesome. Yeah, and if if you're not much of a gambler uh, no. or or a drinker, you can do Vegas pretty cheaply. Yeah. So uh, I was thinking about this question about the best season, and I thought of a lot of different seasons. Um, the Europe season was probably one of our most epic seasons. Uh, our first ever season is a special place in my heart. First one we ever recorded, obviously. Um, the second season where we took a road trip to Anna Anaheim was a really amazing experience that I um, look forward to. I, I had, um, going through university, I had pictures of, uh, that I'd taken on the first two seasons in my little study cubicle just to get me through the day when I was in university. So. Um, and also the first Vacation Impossible season where we finally started calling ourselves Vacation Impossible, that season which was Las Vegas, LA, Cruise, um, that was really cool just because it had a lot of moving parts, it was really complex, uh, but I loved how everything really came together, meeting up with Mike in LA, everything went like clockwork for the most part, and that was really cool. Um, ultimately, I don't know, I think I have to give it to... Uh, the the second cruise I went on on the on the Carnival Breeze it was an amazing ship um, and there was like nine of us on that trip so we had you know family and friends and friends of family and so so it was it was such a diverse group we had so much fun on that trip that was that was really awesome but honorable mention the the, the season our first uh, season with Micah where we were in Vegas that was uh, yeah. we went to the Grand Canyon um, and hung out with Jane and Lisa um, and saw the shows and everything that was. I got to meet Beverly for the first time. <laughs> Check out that video. Yeah. Mike takes the Beverly. Mike takes the Beverly. Check it out. Spoiler alert, though, if you plan on going to Vegas. So if you haven't been to Vegas, I don't know if you want to watch it or not. It's up to you. What do you think is the best episode of the show so far? So, your favorite mm. episode. My favorite episode. Yeah, I'd have to say the one uh, in L.A. Oh, okay, the, the Vacation Impossible season where we're in L.A. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Right. So, so uh, of the episodes that we shot in L.A., uh, there was, what was it? There was the one where we snuck into the concert. Uh, there was, uh, um, yeah, there was uh. Eat Something New. Uh, what else did we, we do in, uh, in L.A.? There was the one where we were just driving around L.A. Yeah, you know what? I think the sneaking into the concert, because that was an epic night. That was, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, the security guard let us through after we uh, begged and pleaded, which was <laughs> nice. Yeah. Kinda, yeah. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah, so what, what really happened there is that we, we got there uh, to the beach, Huntington Beach, Mike wanted yeah. to go to, and uh, so we get onto the, the, the beach and we hear 
a female vocalist, which I think turned out to be Michelle Branch. Michelle Branch. Uh, which, uh, she finished her set before we even fully understood there was a concert going on. I saw there was a party with a loud sound system or something. So eventually we discovered it, and uh, we got some information from the front gate saying, oh, it was just, was it Conan O'Brien's house band was going to yeah. be performing or something, and that was it. So we were like, okay, whatever. Yeah. And so then we walked to the far side of the festival, and, uh, and then we hear... Um, uh, it was an announcement that... They're, they're advising us of the lineup that was coming up. Right. One of the artists that they mentioned is one of your favorite bands. Gin Blossoms. <laughs> the Gin Blossoms. Gin Blossoms. I, was of, I was thinking of a different LA trip where John and I saw the, saw, saw the Goo Goo Dolls. No, um, yeah, so they, they announced the Gin Blossoms, and they had uh, Sugar Ray uh, yep. prior to that. So we basically camped out on the far side of the fence just listening to Sugar Ray, and um, tickets were like 14 bucks or something. It was reasonable. We would have paid it. Uh, we were just debating as to whether we wanted to do that. There were other things we wanted to do. Do we want to invest the time in it? Uh, was it going to be any good? And so eventually we decided, yeah, okay, we're going to do it shortly towards the end of uh, Sugar Ray's set. There was, there was a break between Sugar Ray and Gin Blossoms. So we went over, and the ticket booths had all shut down. So, um, at least the main ticket booth. So I go up to the security guy, because I've worked security at some venues. I've been an usher mostly, but every now and then I got drafted into security. Uh, for concerts and things like that. So, I, you know, I like to think I understand sort of the job, and hopefully I can be, you know, respectful in, in asking. Um, and a friend of mine kind of gave me some tips over the years about how to get upgraded seats and things. So, um, and just the trick is don't be pushy and be polite and appreciative is, is my advice if you're going to try anything like that. So anyways, I go up to the security guy and I say, look, we really want to see, you know, I love Gin Blossoms, one of my favorite bands, um, but... And I would love to buy a ticket, but your ticket booths are all closed. Would it be possible for us to just kind of go in? Because there was still tons and tons of room. I mean, it was at the beach. They had this huge area that had been um, sectioned off for the concert, and they weren't using more than a third of it for yeah. people. I'd happily sit at the back or something. Like, there was no seating. It was standing. Stand at the back. Um, but, like, they had space where kids were running around and stuff, so they had plenty of room. And the guy said, very reasonably, he says, look, there's another ticket booth over there. Go over there, mm -hmm. and if you can't buy a ticket, come back to me, and then we'll talk. No promises. I'm like, all right, that's very reasonable. So we go over there. Not only is the ticket booth shut down, the gates are wide open, and trucks are driving in and out of the venue. So we were actually able to walk in, <laughs> and then uh, we went over to the guy that was just watching the concert area, and we're very clearly walking from the inside of the festival. We just didn't have the wristband or whatever. So we said, well... You know, clearly, since we're inside now, they're not selling tickets anymore. Um, or we must have bought one. And he was like, yeah, yeah, no, go ahead, go ahead, don't worry about it. And he was really subtle about it. So really, really nice guy. Thank yeah. you, guy, whatever your name was, I forget. I think it started with K, Keith. So it worked out well. Thank you for feeling sorry for me. <laughs> and a great concert. Great, great concert. Very great, yeah. We ended up the equivalent of, like, third row on the right side, yeah. basically. Yeah. On the floor type. Yeah. If, it was a, if it was an arena, that's what the equivalent seats would have been. And there are some videos, so check them out. So, uh, anyways, for the best episode, again, I, I thought about a lot. Um, Atlantis is just such an amazing place to go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, parasailing was absolutely amazing. It was on my bucket list since I was 17 years old, and I finally got to do that in Mazatlan. Wow. Um, the James Darren video is so popular on YouTube. Something like 68,000 views last time I checked. Uh, and I always get really positive comments on that video. Um, and, so, you know, people asking about how they could see him live or just talking about how they really like the video, or, or they're a fan of his. His his granddaughter actually commented on that video. Um, so that was pretty cool. And if you Google James Darren, our video is the first video result that you'll see. So um, John did an excellent job. Uh, his camera work there um, was very good. Yeah. 
Uh, the Six Flags episode, mixed feelings. I mean, it was it was interesting, and it's our second most popular video. But the comments we get there, it's like nine to one vitriol. I think a lot of the staff at Six Flags saw the video, and they didn't appreciate the light they came out in. We tried to be as fair as possible. Uh, you know, we we acknowledge when there was a sign that we didn't notice, we put that up on there. Um, and uh, since the video uh, was shot, uh, they've updated their website, so the information is now much easier to be found, which is one of the, part of the feedback we gave to their customer service people. So uh, we're glad they took our comments under consideration, and it's better now, but that means the comments that we're getting is people go to their website and say, well, it's easy to find. What was, what was your problem? Um, but as, as much as it's like 9 to 1 negative comments, more thumbs up than thumbs down, so I'll take that as a win. Um, uh, one thing I really, I really liked our episode, the Vacation Impossible, where we launched the brand. That whole season where uh, Mike and everyone found the CDs, and uh, and then John kind of comes in as this as this evil plotting figure, making us dance to his tune. That was our first properly scripted episode, uh, and today really our only fully scripted episode. Um, and we did our first green screen effect on that, so that was that was I really liked that. Um, there was uh, the leaving episode where, um, on that breeze trip, we were sailing out of uh, Nassau in the Bahamas, and I had gotten sick because there was this there was there was some cold or something that was being passed f through our group, and that was my turn to get it. And so I was actually uh, laid up in bed at the time. But Sam went up and got a lot of really great footage. The woman who was late for the ship uh, sailing away, um, and I was really pleased the way that the I was able to use music in that episode. I that's one of the episodes I'll go back and I'll watch more than others because I really enjoy it. Um, the silent disco episode, which is called, um, Buy Something Patriotic. The episode starts in the Vancouver airport, but goes to Vegas, and just coming across the silent disco was pretty awesome. Um, and it, yeah, the Gin Blossoms one. Yeah, that was... Gin I have to admit, though, in the L.A. Uh, trip we had, trying to find the Hollywood sign, that was an epic adventure. Because every turn we made was blocked. Yeah. We literally could not get up to the Hollywood sign, they wouldn't allow us. Should we have tried it during the day? Yeah, probably we should have, but... Maybe with more reliable GPS. Yeah, and more reliable, <laughs> yeah. If you do go to LA and you need GPS, make sure it's reliable, you know. Updated. Updated, yeah, not like 1935 or something. It's, uh, and also make sure you go during the day to the Hollywood sign, not at nighttime, because they block everything, they close everything, so you can't even get near it. And so, uh, I think it was the next season, Sam and I made another attempt, and we actually got pretty close. And so the thing is, is you can't actually get to the sign, you can't get to where, like, you can't go over and touch it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's on a mountainside, and it's in a secure area that there's no access, but there's a park that has a really good lookout. So if you want to go see the Hollywood side, uh, Google um, specific, like, outlooks or uh, sightseeing points, and one of them is this park, um, and you can see it fairly good, but... Yeah, and you can get a little closer than that if you walk into the residential area, but not very close. So that that we learned that we learned the hard way. Mm. Um, also, it's interesting. We've done a lot of uh, a lot of spoofs over the years of TV shows and movies. I was trying to think of a list of all the times we've uh, done an homage or uh, a parody. We've done Twenty Four. We've done Cops. We've done How I Met Your Mother. We've done Tabletop. We've done An Idiot Abroad. Canada's Worst Driver. Cloverfield. Um, the Gin Blossoms Till I Hear It From You music video from Empire Records we had done on a season earlier. Um, you know, uh, I spoofed some retro games, uh, Mario Brothers, Final Fantasy, and Mega Man on the Breeze trip. We did a Star Wars buffet thing. 
so yeah. Um, and again, uh, honorable mention for for my favorite episode is definitely the Grand Canyon West Rim, yes. where we got to the Grand Canyon. Yeah. We weren't able to film on the uh, the glass uh, bridge area you can walk out yeah, on, look out, yeah. but that was still some of the most fun we've had, I think, on that a trip. Was. That was amazing. Yeah. That was, a, that was a great little mini road trip inside the Vegas season. So. And the drive we had there, we met an animal. Uh, we called it Moo Moo. I still remember that. Uh, it, it wasn't a cow. It was a bull. Oh, yeah. It was something about that. But anyways, we uh, saw this bull and we mistook it as a cow and started calling it Moo Moo. <laughs> eventually walked away when it realized we were really annoying, which I don't blame it. But. That was when we were driving into the Grand Canyon National Park, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. On that dirt road. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. That was fun. So I don't know if I, I can pick a best episode easily, because like I, I mentioned all those ones, it's hard to pick a, a really good one. There's so many good ones, my, but I think my favorites are LA and Las Vegas, especially Beverly. <laughs> It's fun to watch, but not fun to experience. No, it's definitely not fun to experience, but it's definitely fun to watch. Yeah. So, uh, some other uh, questions that came up. Um, what are some of the dream episodes? Episodes that we've wanted to shoot, but we haven't been able to. Um, and so, some that I've wanted to do is, I've always wanted to do a homage to a Depeche Mode video called Enjoy the Silence. If you've seen this, he's dressed up like a king. And he's walking all over these, like, uh, different parts of Europe. He's on beaches and mountaintops, hillsides and everything. And he's got this, this, this collapsible beach chair with him. And he, so he, uh, he walks there and he puts the chair down and then he just sits there and does nothing for, like, a course of the song. And then, you know, uh, when it goes to the verse, he picks it up and goes to the next place. I always thought it would be really awesome to do some version of that. Um, there's a sequel to the Vacation Impossible season that's in the works. We've had a script for like a couple of years now. We've been waiting for the right time to film it to kick off the second season of Challenges. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, we will be getting to that eventually. Um, I'd like to do a, uh, a crossover with a famous YouTuber, uh, you know, Pat Contry or James Rolfe or, you know, somebody out there. Um, that's, uh, that's probably a dream that won't happen, but that would be awesome. Um, I've wanted to do a video where we get our GoPro hooked up to a drone and then fly it around a cruise ship. Uh, I've got a couple of uh, drone remote control helicopter things, but I haven't actually tested them out yet because I'm lazy and I'm busy. <laughs> but uh, hopefully one day we'll be able to do that. There's some logistical problems because what if the drone loses power? Drones tend to have about 20-30 minutes of power, so what if I don't time it right and it goes into the drink? That's a huge problem. So I figure maybe some fishing line attached to the GoPro might help. I don't know if that'd be strong enough. There might also be safety concerns. I probably need to check with the ship before I do it. I don't know if they'd allow it. Yeah, that might be an issue. Um, and there was this scene that John and I have wanted to film from the very first season, from our first idea of, of filming road trips, um, where we were going to stage the car having broken down at the, sta at the side of the highway. And so there was going to be a shot from like behind the car as we're walking off into like a desert distance where we're basically blaming each other for the breakdown of like forgetting to get gas or whatever. And so it's just, it's like 30 or 45, 90 seconds of basically us just going, fuck you, no, fuck you, no, fuck you, as we're walking down the desert highway. <laughs> uh, we've wanted to film that since day one, but we just haven't had the right opportunity. Because, uh, uh, for one thing, we didn't have a tripod for most of those, and that would require a tripod to set up the shot. But we have one now, so perhaps next time we get John on a road trip, we can finally get that done. Um, 
Also, uh, it would be cool if we ever had a commission. If somebody wanted us to film a specific episode, uh, that would be great. If uh, somebody wanted us to do some event coverage, like ECCC, Retro Gaming Expo, something like that, we could report from the gaming floor or whatever. Um, or uh, a review, a, a hotel review, a movie review, something somebody has, had asked. And if we ever become influencers on YouTube, maybe if Luke Crate wanted to send us something, we could do some videos, an unboxing or something. Just saying we're open to it. Um, and um, we had I had some ideas for music videos I wanted to shoot. Uh, on the breeze, we were talking about uh, everybody lip-syncing to Weezer's Island in the Sun and then cutting it together. I filmed my scene in the cabin by myself, but everyone else chickened out at the last minute. Or, I, I'm not totally being fair there. They didn't all chicken out. It was like... It was a very busy trip. We didn't have a lot of downtime where we were trying to fill time. Uh, so it was, it was a big part that we just didn't have time for it. Um, and you might remember the stop episode from uh, one of the road trips to Edmonton where John and I are singing, uh, uh, lip syncing to Spice Girls Stop. Well, we've got a follow-up planned uh, for Phil Collins' version of You Can't Hurry Love. Who's going to be in it, when we're going to film it, we don't know. But now that we've got the GoPros, we can get better camera angles. So that is in the works. And I just want more scripted content, some character-driven stuff, some stuff where we have a script and we perform it. Uh, I want to, I want to do more of that. So I don't know. Is, is there any kind of episodes you want to do in the future? I actually, just the Blues Brothers. Oh yeah, traveling Blues Brothers. You know, we can uh, get into a car and travel around and do some blues things, and that'd, that'd be fun. I think John would like that. I think he's a big Blues Brothers fan. I've, yeah. I haven't seen the whole movie, so. Um, but I remember we saw the live performance when we were at Universal. Yeah. So that was pretty good. How about a uh, Ghostbusters theme? That could be talking, interesting. Talking like, about movies. Yeah. Yeah, we could do that. That could be. Yeah, I'd have to go and rewatch the movies. I don't think I've watched them since like the yeah, 90s. Yeah, it's been years since I've watched one, but Have you seen the new one? Uh with the female cast? Yeah, no, not yet. Yeah. Do you want to? I have no interest now. Yeah, um, me neither. Um I just, I, I, I don't like a lot of the people that are working on it, honestly. Yeah. Like, uh, I, uh, Melissa McCarthy, a um, lot of uh, physical humor um, yeah. based for her body type, which I don't find very funny. Um, and uh, who else? There was some, some Saturday Night Live people in it. Is Kristen Wiig in it, I think? No, I don't think so. Um, um, or uh, Leslie Jones, I think, is in it. And yes. I cannot stand Leslie Jones. I saw her first few performances on Saturday Night Live. She forgot her lines and couldn't cope. And, I mean, to get on Saturday Night Live, you'd think you'd have to be doing, like, some Groundlings, SCTV, uh, Second City, something somewhere yeah. to have some improvisational skills to be able to do a live show. So this is national, you know, television. It's a flagship show of the NBC network. And she's up there flubbing her lines, and she didn't even seem to care all that much. So uh, two or three episodes of that, and I was just done with her. Um, so I'm mm. just, I'm not a fan. Thankfully, I missed that show. That yeah. Episode. I mean, other stuff in those episodes of Saturday Night Live were funny. It's just her scenes; it totally took you out of the moment, and it, it killed it killed the uh, the bit and the and the sketch. So, um, I think there's uh, oh, what's her name? Um, the blonde girl from Saturday Night Live. I think she's in it. I like her. Oh, uh, I can see her face. I just can't. I don't remember her name. Yeah, me too. Too much sun today. Anyways. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I might end up seeing it, probably not in theaters. Uh, you know, if, if somebody's watching it in, on Netflix, I might be in the room one day. But um, I think she's not a huge Ghostbusters fan to begin with, so it didn't have a lot going for it. Yeah. For my interest. Um, 
So another question that came up is, uh, what's in store for the future? What are we planning for the future other than mm. the stuff I mentioned? Yes. Uh, the next sailing after this one, we are currently on the Sensation. So the next cruise is on the Dream out of New Orleans, going to Key West, uh, Freeport, Nassau. So going back to Atlantis one more time at least. Um, we're looking forward to the return of Burton. Uh, hopefully yes. in the fall we're going to be doing something maybe in California with Burton. So that should be good. We're looking for next year, for 2017, we're looking at a cruise to Hawaii, Hawaii. possibly in September. Uh, so that could be fun. In 2018, we're looking at a cruise that will stop off in Costa Rica, in Lyman, Lehman. I don't know the proper oh. way to pronounce that, but I guess I'll find out. Um, and uh, there's also likely sometime this year going to be a road trip. This is going to be new. A road trip to Las Vegas. That Vancouver cool. to Las Vegas, probably yeah. have to stop over in Salt Lake City. We're working on plans for that. Long, long term, some, some things we want to do. Uh, we want to take a cruise through the Panama Canal at some point. Mm -hmm. A nice, like, 30-day cruise to Australia yep. one day. A transatlantic cruise. We can't make it work for the Vista, but maybe the next carnival ship that they make over in Italy when it sails over to North America. That would be awesome. And uh, wanted to do a Route 66 season, a road trip. Um, where basically the Motel 6 publishes a directory, a physical printout directory of every location they have across North America. I want to get that and a GPS and, and maybe a physical map and then just go with, like, no planning. Yeah. Um, just pack bags, bring lots of money, and go. Uh, and so we'll see how far we, we drive every day. We'll find combinations. And so, you know, we'll be, we'll be on our phones and we'll be, do, you know, stealing Wi-Fi. Maybe we'll get a data plan uh, in the States because we're Canadian. Uh, that would, roaming would be astronomical, but maybe we get a data plan. Or if Sam comes, he's got an American phone we could use or something. Um, and so we'll do our best to try and find accommodations and attractions along the way. But if we can't, if we get screwed a little bit like we did in Anaheim, John, um, although that worked out, <laughs> uh, but if a lack of planning screws us, we'll have that directory as our backup. So worst case scenario, we can stay at the, mo the nearest Motel 6, basically. Because um, they're not likely to be fully booked. Because <laughs> I mean, they're Motel 6. It'll be cheap, those nights. Um, and it'll probably feel cheap. But anyways, it's still good. I mean, there's, there's stuff about the Motel 6 to enjoy, so don't worry about that. But I don't know. That's, that's sort of stuff we're thinking on. Now you had something about Greece, I think, you've got coming up? Yes. Uh, a friend of mine wants to go to Greece. So we're thinking taking two weeks next year. Don't know the dates yet. But uh, we're thinking of going to Greece, uh, doing multiple stops within that two week. Maybe doing a group tour of some sort. But that is definitely in the works and it's being planned. And I'll, uh, I'll update Ray when we know more information. Anything else you got planned or, or any uh, uh, other dream trips you want to do? Things on your bucket list? Australia is the one. I would, I would love to do Australia, do the 30 day. Um, other than that, I, I would like to fly to Europe and then take the cruise back along the Atlantic. That would be nice. Other than that, that's uh, I'm game for anything, really. Well, and also we got to get you back to Jamaica. <laughs> yes, and I also have to go back to Ocho Rios because we missed that today. So, uh, Jamaica, Australia, and the transatlantic cruise from Europe across to uh, North America. Yes. And any other cruises, I am totally down for. I am a happy participant. 
So um, one, one question we get sometimes is why do we sort of restrict ourselves to North America and Europe? Why aren't we going to Asia, Oceania, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Africa, what have you? Uh, you know, uh, we're vacation impossible, so you know, the difficult ones should be within our wheelhouse. But I think part of that is it's, some of this is driven by my interest as co-creator. And um, I think that there's a, um, the language barrier is a big thing. I know a bit of French and uh, obviously fluent in English. I'm slowly learning Spanish, so that should work down in the south, but, and also over in Spain too. And so, uh, and, and I think Mindy's working on Italian, um, you know, uh, and so there's some other languages represented in different members, but I think a big part of it is, is that when you get beyond that area, um, the language barrier becomes a concern. Personally, I don't have a lot of interest in going to, um, to Asia or Africa. Uh, Oceania, I mean, we were just talking about Australia. Australia is obviously on the list. It's English-speaking. The reason we haven't gotten there yet is largely because of the expense. It's, it's very expensive it to go to Australia. And also trying to get the time off work. I mean, some people have different schedules. Yeah, and the length of the flight or yeah. the cruise cuts into so many days in the destination that yeah. that's, that's a difficult choice to make. So um, that's a big part of, uh, of why we've just sort of been restricting it to North America and Europe so far. Hopefully expand, expanding to Oceania, but no current plans for Asia or Africa or anywhere else. Um, although Carnival is starting to have cruises out of China sometime in the, in the next couple of years. Mm. They're repositioning the Miracle from the West Coast over to China. Uh, that was wow. before China's currency problem, so I don't know if they'll change their mind, but uh, Carnival sailing out of China is probably the one way you'll get me to Asia. We'll see. Yeah. I'd be down for that. So, um, uh, another question came up is, uh, how much do cruises cost? Uh, well, it depends. Uh, depends on the length of the cruise, depends on the destinations, depends on the time of year, whether it be the busy year or the slow season. Uh, you can average approximately about 800 to even 1,000. Uh, that is including the currency exchange, that's including the taxes, that's including all the port fees. So my suggestion for somebody who wants to go on a cruise, have at least $1,000 rarely available just for the cruise. And on top of that, you've got to pay for your flight. It depends on what flight you take, time of day, all that sort of stuff. So uh, the flight I took cost me about 350 and this cruise was about 800 850 So I'm looking at about $1,100, $1,200 for this cruise. And that's with all taxes, all currency, everything included. Now, if you want to have a little extra spending money on the cruise for the casino, then you can have a little extra buffer zone, I guess you could say, um, and other than that, uh, and also for the drinks as well, the unlimited bubbles is approximately, what, 30, 40 US? It's about $6 per day, plus 15% gratuity, so it depends on how long your cruise is. Uh, yeah. For this one, it worked out to five days, I think it's like 35, 35 40, 40 bucks, something yeah. with, with the gratuity. Yeah. And if you want to go the all-inclusive or the unlimited alcohol, that is uber expensive. Uh, I think I priced it out at 250 Canadian, or no, sorry, 250 US, sorry, and it came out to about 350 US for five days. Or 350 Canadian. 350, sorry, yeah, 350 Canadian. And uh, so if you're looking to spend the extra money on alcohol, now they do cap you at 15 drinks per day. 
So if you're the type of drinker that likes to have more than 15 drinks a day, you might have an issue, but I think 15 drinks per day is plenty. Um, I can do maximum five and I'm on the floor, so that's why I'm not a drinker, because I'd be dragged around the floor the entire cruise and I don't want to do that. And I don't want to inconvenience people or get stepped on. So my suggestion is the unlimited bubbles, unlimited pop. Uh, once you get your pop, you, have, you, you can only get the pop for yourself though, you can't get it for other people. And once you get a pop, you have to wait five minutes before you can get your next one. Yeah, that actually just happened to me. I think they punched in my number when Mike was getting his drink, and they made me sit and wait five minutes before they could give yeah. me mine. Um, so yeah, the bottomless bubbles, $6 a day uh, for uh, adults, and you have to get it for pretty much the whole cruise. You might be able to skip the first or second day, um, but otherwise it's the whole cruise. If you do the Cheers program, the unlimited alcohol, I think it's about 65 a day, but you have to do it for the whole cruise. You can't say, today's my Cheers day. It doesn't work like that. Nope. And one thing I've heard from the people who've had the Cheers program is one of the complaints of the high consumption people is that once you hit your 15, it's not just a matter of like it's no longer included. It's your cutoff. You can't even buy more at a per unit price after that. You hit 15 and you're completely cut off. So actually, I've talked to some cruisers who said they'll drink more than 15 in a day, but they won't do the cheers program because they don't want to get cut off. And so they prefer to pay individually. So, I mean, to each their own. Um, the Bottomless Bubbles program is, I think, $4.50 per day for children. So it's a little cheaper for them. Um, but uh, that's how that works. If you want to uh, truly save money on and consume a decent amount of alcohol on the ship, uh, we should probably leave that for a podcast where Sam is here. He can speak to how to get your alcohol on the ship. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's his area of expertise. Um, so episodes of him consuming that alcohol, and it's oh, yes. quite entertaining, to say the least. Yeah, that's part of the Vacation Impossible. I think it was uh, the, the Go to Catalina episode, I think. Yes, it was a Catalina, an Ensenada episode. So, um, just talking more about the cost of cruises, um, I'll start off with the scariest number to throw at you, uh -huh. uh, and then work our way back from that. So, the, the most I've ever paid for a cruise was for, let's see here, it was for four people, so two cabins, um, and this was the trip that was supposed to be to Bermuda, um, sort of nicknamed the disaster trip, because a lot of things happened on that trip. Most notably, a hurricane got in the way, Hurricane Joaquin, um, and he was the least of our problems, so... I still need to edit that season, um, so depending on when you're watching this, that may or may not already be available, but, uh, or listening to this as the case may be, as it's a podcast. Um, so anyways, that trip uh, for four people, two cabins, ocean view, um, to Bermuda, would have been, it was an eight-day sale, uh, taxes, fees, gratuity, everything all in $4,663.76 American. You can convert that to Canadian. Uh, I won't give you the conversion because the, the rates fluctuate depending on when you're watching this video. It could be better, it could be worse. That's the worst case scenario. Now, and also remember that when you are booking for cabins or for cruises, uh, have somebody go with you uh, because it, it is based on double occupancy. So if you take a cruise by yourself and you uh, purchase a cabin, you are paying double for that cabin as they do not have any single packages available. Yeah, um, I know that some other cruise lines, I think Norwegian has some solo cruise rooms, not many, okay. um, but um, we, we've only stuck with Carnival so far, uh, so we can't speak to the other experience, but yeah, um, you're, you're pretty much going to need to catch a website glitch like I did uh, for the $24 cruise if you're going to want to cruise solo, or just have a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, or cheaper, take a cheap cruise, because yeah. uh, otherwise, yeah, you'll basically be paying double 
you'll be paying as if there was a second person there. So, yeah. um, and unfortunately, because of just scheduling and the way things have worked out, Sam's had to do that a few times. He had to do that on the Breeze trip, uh, and so he can definitely speak to uh, how much that can that can suck. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of different ways to look at the prices of cruises, though. I quoted that $4,000 number to you, and that's got to be terrifying. But if you think about it, that was for four people over eight days. So if you break that down, that was $133.74 per person per day. So that's actually not the most expensive per person per day cruise we've been on. The most expensive was the first one with Burton, which was $134.39 per person per day. So... Um, I think anything below that is is a, a good rate. Now that is that's with uh, the taxes and fees, but not the gratuity. Um, so let's say you're on the Carnival website, and you're searching for a cruise, and you want to find a cruise that's a fair price for you. Um, but they show you the cruise rate initially. You don't get the taxes and port fees and stuff until you get later in the booking. So what is a good target price? Um, so what I suggest is make sure that you're paying less than a hundred and twenty-two dollars per person, per day, on the cruise rate. That's sort of my ceiling. I wouldn't really go above that because that's that would be more expensive. That would, be the, that would make it the most expensive cruise per person, per day we've ever done. Obviously, the cheapest I've ever done was the one with the website Glitch, the $24 cruise. That worked out to the cruise rate, $6 per person, per day. Um, and so with taxes and fees and stuff, that worked out to $28.04 per day before gratuity. <laughs> That was the best deal ever. That's hard to come by. People, I've gotten messages from people who watch that season and says, how do I sign up for the $24 cruise? Yes. I clearly didn't make it as clear as I could have in those videos. This was an anomaly. This was a glitch on the website. If you do see a price that is too good to be true on the Carnival website, here's my advice to you. Take a screenshot and save it as a JPEG or PNG every step of the way. Every new screen that loads, screenshot, save, screenshot, save. Uh, as you go through, because they may challenge it. They may send you a, an email that says you owe more, even though it says on the website you've paid in full. When that happens, you call up their customer service people, offer to email them the screenshots, and they'll honor that price. That was my experience, and I have no reason to think it would be different for anyone else. So, uh, But as to when to catch a website glitch, it may never happen again. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but anyway, so you know, it's it, you got to look at the per-person-per-day cost. Because um, if you try to compare the cost of a four-day sale to an eight-day sale, you're never going to take an eight-day sale. It's, no. it's not on the surface. It's not going to look right. No. But when you figure out how many days it is and how many people in that, then you start to realize that hey, because like, yeah, my eight-day sale was per person per day cheaper than a four-day. Yeah. Um, I think the magic number is uh, is a hundred uh, in terms of feeling like you really got a good deal. We've only taken three cruises where we paid more than a hundred dollars per person per day on the cruise rate, and my thinking on it is this. You go to a decent hotel, not the Motel Six, although some can be decent. But I'm talking like you go to a you go to a Hilton, uh, a Hilton Garden Inn, um, even a Days Inn uh, sometimes, or uh, um, an extended stay America or Intercontinental. Yeah, and so I mean, generally speaking, you're going to be paying in the neighborhood of hundred dollars plus a day for a for a pretty good hotel. Um, maybe less of the Days Inn. Days Inn, you can probably get a little less than a hundred. All those other brands we were mentioning, uh, Hampton Inn. Uh, sometimes you get a little bit less, but they normally start at like $89, the Hampton Inns, before taxes and fees. So if you think about it, if you're paying less than you would for a decent hotel to be on the cruise ship, you're coming out way ahead, you're laughing, you've got your food included, you've got your entertainment, you've yep. got different destinations you're going to go to, you've got all that stuff included, and it's costing you less than to have a bed at a hotel. 
Uh, and so in the long run, I think you end up saving money on those trips because you're not paying for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Even if you do gamble a little bit, you'd be doing that anyways on land. Yep. If you drink a little bit, you'd be doing that anyways on land. And the prices are pretty comparable. Yep. Uh, you know, the kiss on the lips is, uh, what is this, nine forty nine, including the gratuity when I get it on this ship. You go to a bar and you order, a, you know, a, a blended drink. Ten bucks is not an unreasonable price to pay. Mm -hmm. So um, that's that I think is a big part of why why cruising makes a lot of sense. So that's just some some advice. Uh, I think the thousand dollar amount that Mike mentioned is a good starting point. If you're relatively close to a port city and you're just taking a four day cruise, you might be able to do most of it for a thousand dollars. Uh, let's say 500 for the cruise and 500 for the flight, or 400 for each, and then a little bit of m spending money for taxi, shuttle, maybe yep. one night a hotel, something like that. But yeah, no, I think you need to have a minimum $1,000 ready to go, and then you can start seriously looking at cruises, and then and then go from there and see what, what makes sense for you. And, but yeah, And just be advised that when you do get on the ship, there are a lot of other activities that you can do, such as visiting the spa. Ladies, you love the spa. So if you go if you go there, expect to pay some high prices, but it's definitely worth it. If you want your massages or your whatever else you have in your spa activities, it's all there. And they do a great job in taking care of you, but it is a little extra. And also on your daily activities or your fun guide, your, uh, it'll actually show you uh, what activities. Here, here is the fun guide. It'll actually show you on here what costs extra. So, for example, here is uh, here we go the the chef's table, for example, or actually here we go for the for the for this. Uh, let's go for the casino. The big loot draw. So the more more points you earn, the more tickets you you get. So, for example, if you're at a casino and you're in at a, at a machine, use your sale and sign card. And insert that into the machine and it gains you points. The more points you get, the more perks you get, such as free drinks. But you do have to spend a lot of money in order to get these free perks. So on this uh, Fun Times, all the activities, if it has a dollar sign next to them, costs extra. It's not part of the cruise package. So just be wary. And the spa is in here too. Uh, it'll give you, like for example, a, a hot stone massage. Uh, they drench your body in aroma oils and complement your massage with heated volcanic stones. Volcanic stones that cost extra. And no, don't worry, they don't actually take you to a volcano. It's, yeah, But it is very relaxing and again make sure you check out your uh, fun times on your ship and also in there it gives you the daily fun activities from 7 a.m. until 12 a.m the entire day. So it tells you what's happening every hour, on the hour, every half hour. So be sure to check that. There's so much to do. Yeah, start booking today. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean the carnival.com website seems to be the, the place to start. Some people prefer to use uh, travel agents. It hasn't been my experience, so I can't speak to whether that's better or whatnot. I understand that the travel agents will look out for price changes um, and try to look after if they're a good one. I've been told. I don't know. Uh, and so you, they might be able to uh, get some money back for you. Um, although I don't know what kind of commission they make. I don't know how that offsets. So, um, you know, uh, obviously make your own choices there. Uh, but the Carnival.com website is really robust and it's great for searching, booking, 
putting in all of your information prior to and checking in. Uh, it's got lots of information. Um, they even just started emailing people packing lists, which is straight out of our playbook. You yep. can see from uh, episode uh, beginning of season five, Technology Hates Me, where I explain my packing lists and all, all the lists I make. Well, Carnival has started making packing lists too, so they're not as complete as ours. Maybe I should make a sample one available on the website for people yeah. to use. Um, but uh, yeah, so they, they're, they're really helpful there. Um, just getting back to what Mike was talking about, things costing extra. That's actually a big question that comes up a lot of the time. Yeah. People assume as soon as you get on the ship, they're just nickel and diming you for everything. And it's not that way. Compared to Vegas, where you can't take five steps out of your hotel room without somebody trying to rope you into a timeshare or mm -hmm. whatever, um, you know, or flicking cards at you for ladies of the night, um, you know, compared to that, it, there's nothing. Um, you know, you might walk up a stairwell on a sea day and they might say, hey, we're having a raffle today, here's a ticket, you know, or here's a sale. Uh, right now they're having two t-shirts for $20 sale at the fun shops, and so they gave us a little flyer. Uh, but they're not nearly as pushy. Um, yeah, they just hand it to you and say, hey, if you can make it great, if not, don't worry about it. They're, they're so easy going about it. It's great. And so there's, I mean, yeah, there's, there's the shops where you could buy stuff. Um, so if you've forgotten something, a toothbrush or whatever, uh, you know, that'll be more expensive on the fun shop. So I recommend going to a CVS, Walgreens, Walmart, something like that, before you head to port to get any of that, that kind of stuff you want, your, you know, your dental floss or whatever, mouthwash, that kind of stuff. Because you will pay a premium on the ship for that. Because um, the shops are small and, you know, it's, they, they've got a captive audience and it's a necessity, so they get that. Um, but yeah, people ask a lot about things that are included and things that aren't. Uh, beverages, for example, you got your water, your tea, your regular coffee, um, your milk, your, your hot chocolate, your chocolate milk, uh, your lemonade, um, all that is included. Yep. Um, but if you want soda, or if you want a, a specialty coffee, um, or if you want an alcoholic beverage, those, those cost more. Uh, so you can totally get by without having to, to, to buy anything to drink uh, if you're a teetotaler. If you're not, if you're not going to get blasted, <laughs> yep. um, and so uh, in the main dining room, uh, MDR for Sam and the other acronym fans out there, um, you know, the, the, almost everything is included. But again, you want a specialty coffee that'll cost you a bit more. Uh, you can have as many steaks as you want in the main dining room. You can go there and say, "Bring me three steaks, please," and you will get those steaks, and you will not have to pay a penny for them. You want filet mignon? That's twenty bucks. Seems reasonable. Uh, so if you want an upgraded steak, if you want lobster when it's not lobster night, it's 20 bucks. So uh, I haven't done it myself because uh, I'm cheap and <laughs> I haven't felt the need. But, that, you know, that's, that's what's there for food in terms of the restaurant. Um, there's also Lido. Everything on Lido is free. Um, you know, there's nothing on Lido that you can pay for if you wanted to. Uh, you go to the shows. The shows are all free. You go to the piano bar. You want to put a little money in the jar because uh, maybe they played your song or you just really appreciate them, that's about the only place where you can um, use cash on the ship is to tip an entertainer. Uh, and those opportunities are pretty rare. Uh, mostly it's the piano bar, maybe the atrium bar. Uh, most other places, uh, they'll be on a stage, so obviously tipping isn't practical. Um, gratuity is included. Um, well, gratuity, there's a set amount of gratuity you pay. It's normally about 15%. And so when you order a drink, they'll tack on that 15%. So you don't have to worry about doing the math, but you want to throw a little extra on, you can. If you don't, that's fine as well. A pro tip about bottomless bubbles. If you start getting your unlimited uh, soda before getting into uh, international waters, yes. they're still subject to the state tax. Which is about 13 cents. Something like that yeah. for, for, your, for your soda. So you might just want to, you know, you could always ask. 
Hey, are we, are we in international waters yet, or, is my, or do I have to pay for my soda? <laughs> um, with bottomless bubbles. So that's, uh, that's something to be uh, conscious of, because you're like, hey, I'm limited, you know, and now they're asking for 13 cents. What's going on? It's the state tax um, that they're not allowed to avoid until they're in international waters. So uh, there's that stuff. Um, Camp Carnival has some things that are pay, but again, on the fun times and on the schedule for Camp Carnival, they'll have a dollar sign next to it. So fun times. Know, uh, they, they have um, the groove for St. Jude. Ten bucks will get you t-shirts, donation to charity, but I don't think you get a tax receipt. No. Um, there's the cuddly bear workshop for kids where they make a bear, you got to pay for the bear. Uh, a couple little things here and there, but by and large, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's largely well included. Uh, most of the stuff um, all often come off the ship on average, regardless of how long the sailing is. Normally I'll have about $100 I'll be owing on my sign and sail card. And that's because I'll normally get myself one kiss on the lips. That's a drink. One yes. kiss on the lips, yeah. uh, probably per day. Um, and then maybe the odd excursion here and there. And uh, I like to get a Christmas ornament of the, of the ship uh, if they have it in stock. And that's, that's about it. It normally works out to, yeah. Uh, sometimes we go to Atlantis. Atlantis has become very expensive. So, I mean, you know, that you're looking at like a $200 per person thing. Um, but by and large, the excursions run in the neighborhood of $30 to $90. Um, and uh, you get a good value on those, and so obviously those are extra. But um, if you just want to wander around in the port, that's included. Even if it's a tendered port, uh, taking the boat that takes you to shore, that's included. That's free. Uh, and that's a fun little ride all on its own. When I go to Catalina and stuff where it's tendered, like, <laughs> I, just, I have a blast riding those things. Yeah. So, yeah. But also make sure that if you do go out onto shore, do not take any excursions on shore. So if you have somebody come up to you saying, oh, I have a great deal. I can give you this uh, $30 for a Jeep tour. Well, that's fine, but that's not a carnival excursion, which means that if you run late past your boarding time, the ship will not wait for you. However, if it is a carnival excursion, the ship will wait until you return. Be wary of that. Only take excursions from the ship excursion desk or on the carnival website. Do not take it from anybody offshore. Yeah, or if you do, you do so at your own risk, yes. basically. Um, like when I was in St. Thomas on the disaster trip, um, we went to the uh, the butterfly thing, and we went to um, Paradise Point, taking the funicular um, uh, chairlift ride up to Paradise Point. Uh, we just walked up and paid and went and did that, and there's, that's fine. I mean, we could see the ship, literally we could see the ship from the front door both places. So there was no risk about being late in that regard. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's concerns. I, we've never run into, like, you know, troublesome gypsy cabs or anything like that, but I've heard stories. Um, so, you know, you want to be careful. Uh, but you don't want to be paranoid either. Uh, I was in Cozumel on um, the Glory, and we got a little, uh, a little lost. We were looking for a restaurant that Isabella wanted to do. And so we're walking in what looks like a depressed ghetto of Mexico, to be honest with you. And so Sam and I were a little put off by that. We were a little nervous because uh, we had heard stories about things going on in like Guadalajara and Mexico City and stuff. And we didn't know, we, we just didn't know how bad Cozumel was for, for violent crime. After I got back, I did a little bit of research and it turns out that there's virtually no violent crime in Cozumel. It's an island. It's very well controlled for that sort of thing. They have a little bit of pickpocketing, some property crime. That's it. Practically no violent crime at all. So had I known that in advance, I would have relaxed and had a little bit more fun, I think. So, uh, you know, I, I think there is value in doing research beforehand so that you, uh, that you know exactly what risks you might be taking. Um, but if you haven't had time to do that research, stick with Carnival and you'll be fine. Um, otherwise, you're on the risk of being yarded, which we explained in our episode of Grand Turk. Yarded.
Hashtag Yardit, I think we called it. So, some more on that there. Uh, so, anyways, uh, we're just going to finish off the uh, the podcast with one last uh, one last question, which is, uh, what is the safety briefing? I'll let Mike. Okay. Take that. Well, the safety briefing that is mandatory for all guests, which means you have to go to it. Now, the safety briefing is uh, done in various locations throughout the ship. When you have your sail and sign card on the bottom left corner. It'll say muster station, and it'll give you a letter, either A, B, C, D, or E, or F, however many there are. So the bottom left corner, muster station A, is where we are. So, and it, it, it'll actually tell you in the fun times. Uh, does it actually tell you in the fun times where the muster stations are? It doesn't say where they are, but it does tell you on your first day, it tells you when the safety briefing is. Yes, okay. And if you look on your door... The, oh, yes. the door will show you your muster station and how to get there in the most efficient route and safest route possible. Um, as well, when the safety briefing begins, or shortly before it begins, staff will be in all the stairwells. You just show them your card. They'll point you in the right direction. They'll make sure you get where you need to be. Um, yes. yeah. yeah, just make sure you listen up for the announcements. Uh, you do have to attend, so there's no chance of you being able to sneak off and hide somewhere. Because they close everything down. All the foods, all the entertainment, casino, everything is shut down. But of course, the casino is not even open until you leave port. So once you get to the your uh, assigned muster station, depending on whether or not you want to get it over and done with, or you want to sit and relax and wait for everyone else to do it, and then you just follow at the very end. My suggestion is sit as close to the front where they do their presentation as possible, because when they once they do their presentation of showing you how to don the life jackets and tell you all the emergency exits and what people are designed or actually trained for. They then want you to follow them outside to your de uh, designated rescue station where you have your own rescue boat or your rescue uh, life raft, life whatever raft, it's called. Yeah. There, there's, there's various there's, things. Um, yeah. Some of them is a lifeboat, some of them is life raft. And I think there's actually one other thing that was an acronym. I didn't quite Yeah, I, I, I didn't get that one either. But uh, The bigger life. So when you're in your muster station, they'll start calling the back of the room first. So then if you're at the front, you get to sit there longer in the air conditioning room and relax while everyone else saunters out, you know. Um, you then get out onto your des designated muster station and you wait for everyone to group together and they give you a little tidbit of information about the life jackets, life raft, whatever. And then you wait for the announcement for... Uh, the captain or the cruise director to clear for you to start your fun. But you have to know that when you do go, you have to wait for everybody on the entire ship to get to their designated muster station. So once you get there, you now have to wait for everyone else and all the like A, B, C, D, and E, F. They all have to get there as well. So you, 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 it's a good half an hour. I'd say a good half an hour, 40 minutes. Of dealing with this, but after that, it's uh, it's fun times. It's nonstop fun. Yeah, it's the longest half hour you're going to spend on the ship. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so the thing is, is that um, don't go early no. uh, because that just prolongs the experience of no joy. Um, what I would say is wait until they actually specifically ask guests to start going because they're going to they're going to announce it a few times. They're going to say we're going to be doing 
uh, you know, the safety briefing. It's going to be starting soon. It's know your muster station. There's going to be an announcement for staff to get in position. Then, to, then the senior staff check on the junior staff and all this stuff. So when you hear these announcements, you might have a little anxiety thinking, oh, I've got to get there, I've got to get there. Know where you're headed. Know where your muster station is before that. But wait until they specifically ask for the guests to go. Because otherwise you're going to be waiting there twice as long and it's just going to be seeming more tedious. And, uh, but the thing is, is they do a count of every single person on the ship. So if they don't reach the number that they need to, they keep you waiting until they track down those last people. So yeah. if you are hiding under a bed somewhere, screw you, because you're wasting everybody else's time. Yeah. So don't do that. Yeah. And they um, will find you, and then you, there you are, you will walk into a room of, where a thousand people are now staring at you, yeah. giving you that evil glare. Now, there's uh, what I call the, uh, the safety briefing lottery, um, because yes. depending on where your cabin is depend will dictate what your muster station is. And there's good muster stations and bad muster stations. A good muster station, when you win the muster station lottery, is if you're in a restaurant or a lounge, a theater, somewhere like that, because you get to sit down, which is yep. fantastic. Air conditioning, relax. Yes. Oh. You might have a little view, depending yep. on the room. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes you'll get somebody running the safety briefing who's got a sense of humor. They've almost put on a little show, uh, and they make some jokes while, while, it, while you're waiting. Not during it, because it's scripted. Um, but before the script kicks in, uh, sometimes you can get a good person, and that's nice. If it's somebody from the entertainment team, you're more likely to get somebody funny. Yeah. And that helps a lot. does. Losing the muster station lottery, in my experience thus far, is uh, Lido deck is actually pretty horrific. You think Lido would be great, it's a fun place, right? No. If you're stand there's nothing like standing in the sun, in the heat, staring at a pool that you can't go into, waiting for something to happen when nothing's happening, surrounded by other people, and the smells of food and drinks that you can't have right now. Yes. It's, it's torture. The, the, the one that's worse, uh, or about the same, is sometimes the, the first muster station is actually out on the deck. Um, I forget which one, I think it was the Triumph that Sam and I were on, and we were basically like some obscure deck, a tiny little bit of a view, but not much because the lifeboats and everything is in front of you. Uh, and there was some exhaust smell uh, event or something that was horrific. And it was bloody hot and it was uncomfortable. And we're all standing there cramped for, felt like forever. So anyways, you can't avoid it. You got to do it. If anyone has an idea on how to make a safety briefing fun without breaking the rules, we would love to hear from you. Yes. Because you're not allowed to use your cell phone, uh, you're not supposed to talk for most of it, uh, you really just have to stand there and shut up and listen, and we understand it's important, it's necessary, you got to do it, um, but if there's some way we can think of to make it more fun, I don't know, count the number of times they use the letter A or something, I yeah. have no idea, I don't know, do some... Count do some, sheep or do, dolphins? You know, uh, do some gut and butt clenching exercises or something, I don't know, um, but if you got an idea that can make it more bearable, more fun, more interesting, that doesn't break the rules or disturb the other people, please uh, let us know. Uh, email us, team at vacationimpossible.ca, or if you're watching this on YouTube, comment below the video, uh, or a video reply. Um, mm -hmm. We would love to hear your suggestions for that, but, yeah. oh God, the safety briefing. <laughs> yeah, and if you're looking to enter a, a wall-staring competition, this would be a great time to practice, because that's what you'll be doing in the safety briefing before they start their scripted uh, Safety briefing. There you go. Ryan Lamb from uh, from Game Over Video Games yeah. in Bellevue. You like staring at walls? Wall go staring. On a, go on a cruise ship, man. You'll have a blast. Yes. <laughs> yes. We saw that video. You will become the wall staring <laughs> champion. Unopposed, I would imagine. Unopposed, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted to uh, talk about? Uh, 
I'm just thinking now what to expect when you arrive at your port from your hotel or from the airport, wherever you're going. Make sure that uh, you are ready to stand in line. There's lots of lines, depending on how many kiosks they have open to register you and check you in. Expect a long lineup. The best thing is, the most likely they'll have Wi-Fi available. So if you are if you are afraid of roaming charges, then turn your data plan off and turn on the Wi-Fi and explore. That's another good way. Uh, make sure you have your sail and sign card because that card is used for everything. When you line up to go into the ship, you're going to have to hand them your sail and sign card. I'm red, raise, I don't know, gold or something. And uh, they do this for everything. So when you order drinks, when you anything that you order, they go through the sail and sign card. So make sure you have it with you at all times. And also, if you're bringing children along, 12 years and under, your children have to wear a wristband at all times. They can't be taken off at all because if there's an emergency and they have to evacuate the ship and your child is in the uh, what's Camp, that? Carnival. Camp Carnival, uh, so the staff at Camp Carnival will bring your child to your designated muster station because it will say on their wristband. So make sure that if you have children, they have to have wristbands on at all times. And I know the kids don't like it may be uncomfortable for them, but they have to wear them. So maybe I don't know, offer them candy or something to wear. Yeah, maybe you could put it. Maybe you could put like um, tissue underneath to pad it, possibly yeah, like a Kleenex or toilet paper. Maybe I don't know. Yep. Um, there was one ship we were on that actually allowed children to take them off at nighttime when they were sleeping, uh, and so they would actually issue a, a, a grip of these things to the parents and just say you can put a new one on every every morning. Not all ships allow this. I've been on eleven or ten ships, eleven sailings. And I've only seen it once that that was allowed to do. Uh, so that's one of the reasons you do have to pay attention to the safety briefing. They say that different ships have different requirements. Uh, largely, it's the same script, but sometimes there are subtle differences like that one. So that can be that can be an important detail. Also, your sign sail card is also your room key. So if you don't have that, oh yes. you're not getting back yeah. into your room. You don't get your room. Yeah, uh, sail and sign card, room key. Yes, remember that. It's also how you uh, sign in and out of the ship. So if you're in port, you're going off. They scan it to know you're off the ship. They scan it again to know you're coming back. So if you don't come back, uh, if you don't scan in when you're coming back, they'll know, they'll, they'll start making announcements, uh, they'll worry about you. And you don't want to be that person where they call your name over the loudspeaker over the entire ship. So all 2,000 people know that you're not where you're supposed to be. Over and over again. And over, who knows what you're interrupting. Yeah. You know, the comedian could be having a lot of fun at your expense if they're making that announcement during a comedy show. Yep. Uh, we've, we've, uh, I, we saw that on the... Um, Paradise, Paradise, where yeah, uh, the captain made an announcement during the comedy show, and, and the comedian last night, yeah, uh, last night became a comedy show. Yeah, yeah, and both times the comedians made a meal out of it, more so yeah. on the Paradise. But yeah. you know, you don't, you just don't want to have to have your name announced for any reason. No. Nope. Um, one thing that we recently experienced on the last trip on the Fascination is Jacksonville Port. Oh yes, you're Do not port at Jacksonville. You're on our list. Yeah. They, uh, the port of Jacksonville is very small. It only has the one ship that sails out of it, partly because it goes under a bridge, so the larger ships can't go there. But the port is so small that they don't have any uh, infrastructure to support international travelers. So if you're an American, go to Jacksonville all you damn well please. But if you're a Canadian, British, anywhere that's not the United States, yeah. they make you get up like two hours earlier than all the Americans on the last day, embarkation day, or disembarkation, whatever it's called, which is an early day to begin with. And then if you don't show up, they start announcing your name over and over and over again. Um, and uh, you just don't want that kind of attention. No, you don't. Uh, I can't, there's no, there's no upside to that. You're not going to be proud of yourself because 
remember, all those Americans are still sleeping. And it's your name that's waking them up. Yes. And the last, last uh, when we were at Jacksonville, the three people who they were announcing were all named Muhammad. So make of you will, make of that what you will. Um, but I can't imagine that it was improving relations by waking up, you know, eighteen hundred Americans. Uh, you know, uh, it's just going to feed into the wrong kind of stereotypes. I think. Yeah. But anyways, um, yeah. So Jacksonville, unfortunately, because we're Canadian, it's we don't want to go through that. Who wants to wake up at six and seven in the morning when you could be sleeping till eight? It's ridiculous. Uh, and there's really no need for it. They made us sit for 45 minutes. Eventually, somebody came to check us. The check took two seconds. And then we che got checked again when we went through the port with all the Americans. So yeah. there, there's, it, it just is, it's incredibly inefficient. It feels a little discriminatory. It's, uh, you know, I never like being called an alien. Um, and uh, that's unusual. And that's part of how they announced that all the aliens reported, like, really? There's got to be a more polite way to put that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Jacksonville's on our list. Uh, mm -hmm. For, for we probably won't be headed back there unless there's a really, really compelling reason. Uh, something to remember is if something unfortunate does happen where the ship is diverted, a hurricane, medical emergency, heavy winds, whatever, if you're not able to make a port and the port is completely scrubbed, make sure you get your port fees refunded for that port. Um, ah, yes. We, we, and Carnival's very good about this. When the Bermuda sailing got interrupted, we got $35 back for the port fees for Bermuda. On this sailing, when they scrubbed Jamaica, we got sixteen forty-seven. Yeah, um, over sixteen bucks back. Yeah. Yeah, which they, they credited our sign and sale account for that because that would have been the port fees in Jamaica. Now, uh, a note about this: the uh, not every port has port fees. It's uh, the the trick to know whether or not there are port fees are other cruise lines going there. So, for example, Grand Turk. That wharf, that port, is owned by Carnival. So Carnival's not paying money to itself to port there. So if you have a sailing to Grand Turk and that gets cancelled, don't expect port fees coming back for Grand Turk because uh, they don't actually pay any. Because uh, it's theirs. So like if you're on Disney and you're going to Castaway Key, for example, Disney owns that bloody island. So if that port gets cancelled, they might compensate you one way or another, but there's no port fees to worry about. But we're talking, you know, Bermuda, Jamaica, a lot of the other places. If it's somewhere where multiple brands of ship will port, there's, there's probably port fees, and you should be getting that back if it's cancelled. And also know that if you had booked an excursion for that cancelled port, make sure that you get your, well, Carnival's really good with this, they'll yeah. automatically reimburse you what you paid for for that, ex for that missed excursion. So they're really good on that. Yeah, yeah, and there's a kiosk, there's always minimum two kiosks on every ship where you can just go in and take a look at your account. On some of the newer ships, a lot of the Dream Class, you're actually able to check your account on the TV. Um, and on the ships that have the Carnival app, uh, the Android Carnival app, uh, which you can also get working on BlackBerry if you know what you're doing, um, what, the ones that have that, you can check your charges in real time in the app. So we were doing that on the Glory sailing because they had deployed it on the Glory in beta test. And so it's really fantastic. Um, if uh, before you go on a Carnival ship, download the app. Uh, you got to get it through the Google Play Store. Uh, so you might have to you might have to sideload that onto your BlackBerry because BlackBerry normally only comes with Amazon. Although I don't know about the Proof. The Proof is an Android-based thing. Anyways, get the app on your phone um, because you have to download it before you get on the ship. You they, you can't download it when you're on the ship. Um, and it, in the app, will show you which ships are live and which are not. Uh, activated yet. So find your ship. If it's there, you're golden. They've got a $5 chat option where uh, per person $5 for the whole cruise, regardless of the length of the cruise as I understand it, and then you can chat with whoever you add to that app who's also paid that $5. Uh, and so it's very, very useful. Um, 
uh, particularly with Vacation Impossible, if we're doing some electronic news gathering, ENG, like when we see, um, when the ship was looking for the life raft, when the Coast Guard on the Glory was transferring the migrants off, we were able to, on the app, coordinate and say, and, and say like, hey, go here for this shot, you go there, how's it going? Like, we could, we could stay in touch instantly instead of having to handwrite notes and try to use the phones and all that. Uh, it's super, super useful. Because then also, once it was done, it was like, well, you know, we're all scattered all over the ship now. Well, I'm just going to message the group and be like, hey, where is everybody? What do you want to do? We met up for food on Lido. We knew where everyone was sitting. It saves you time. Um, and so that $5, I think, is, is, is a really good investment. Fortunately, this ship doesn't have it. So far, the Glory is the only ship I've sailed on that's had it. But I think they got about a half dozen ships now that have the app live. I highly recommend it. And even if you don't do the $5 thing, parts of the app, very useful. Checking your statement. You can go through and it has all the events that you would see in the fun times for the most part. You can favorite them, and by favoriting them, it'll show other people in your group that you're planning on going, for one thing. And it will give you a, a notification 15 minutes before the event starts, so you know to get your ass over there. And so it basically creates a custom itinerary just by clicking like. Great idea. So it's uh, super useful. For um, whether, you, whether you have the app or not, uh, go onto the Wi Fi on the ship you're on. The Wi Fi is free for a very limited uh, set of uh, uh, things called free sites. You scroll, you log in, you go to the, the login page, you scroll down to where it says free sites, and there's a, few, there's a little bit of functionality there that's really quite useful. You can still sh uh, shop on the Carnival website, basically. You can go look at other cruises. So if you plan on booking a cruise on board to get onboard credit for your next cruise, that's a pro tip, um, you can do some research on your phone. You can also download a, di a digital, a PDF copy of the Fun Times, which is really quite useful. And also there are support forums that you can go on to. Um, and so there's different ones for each ship. Um, so there's different levels of activity in those forums. I haven't found them to be particularly useful myself yet. Um, but th those are all free. So um, that, is, that is quite useful. And uh, the battery on your cell phone will last a whole lot longer when you shut off your mobile network. Yes. Airplane <laughs> and, mode really helps. Yeah, and turn off the Wi-Fi when you're not using it and your battery will last longer. There's only one power plug in a cabin. So something should always be charging. And uh, don't waste uh, any uh, power that you don't need to. Uh, one thing Mike was mentioning earlier, avoiding roaming fees. Yes. On the BlackBerry, you want to go in and uh, in your settings, it's data off while roaming. Yes. That is key. Yes. So um, it will, you know, it'll, like when you're in your home network or whatever, it'll connect and your data will work fine. But the second you're roaming, you won't receive the data. You'll still get your text messages and your phone calls. But you won't be racking up an enormous bill just because your Facebook app is uh, constantly updating itself in the background on your phone, something like that. So that's really a, a good travel tip anytime you're outside of uh, your own country, basically. Uh, I highly recommend looking after that. Yeah, if there's any, anybody out there concerned about uh, your health or anything like that, if you're on board the ship and something happens where you don't feel good or you, God forbid, some medical emergency happens, every Carnival ship has a great medical center. Uh, the medical staff is amazing, as we have. Uh, We've heard. We have to take it on faith. Thank, thank God. Yeah. I think I think Glenn hurt his toe, and so he did. He did go. Uh, I think on the breeze sailing. Uh, Glenn can correct me if I'm wrong about this. Uh, and and he got them to look at his toe, and he says that they were they were great. However, you will pay. You yes. will pay. You I think just pay. to talk to them, it starts at like seventy five dollars. Yeah. So make that choice as you will. Fun Shops has like uh, I think Pepto Drama Me. Yeah, they, they have Nyquil. Stuff they've need, got yeah. they've got a bunch of stuff. So if you can take care of it at the fun shops, that's great. But if you're losing a limb, pay the seventy-five dollars, get it attached. Yes, good. good <laughs> I don't yeah. know if they can do that. Um, probably not, but but they, uh, they can get you the help you need. 
On your fun times, at the very back, it gives you the medical center phone and the emergency. Emergency is 911. Uh, medical center hours, I guess, vary between ships, but you're looking at about 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. So, and if something happens outside those hours, I'm sure that someone can get you yeah. the appropriate help you need. Yeah, there, there's always somebody available, and there's uh, medical center is available 24 hours for major emergencies. So. Um, yeah, other than that, uh, uh, one little uh, travel tip um, that, uh, you know, you're going to need some downtime on a cruise ship. The, 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 I think the most difficult question you ever ask yourself on a cruise ship is, what am I, what am I going to eat next? What am I going to do next? What excursion am I going to do? Um, but it doesn't have to be go, go, go. Don't pressure yourself to try and fit in everything and do everything. You need some downtime to relax. Yeah. So for that, some recommendations on things you can do to relax. I like to listen to the CU podcast, although the Vacation Impossible podcast might be a good uh, option as well. Uh, I go up to on the Serenity deck, uh, find a little shady spot, pop on the podcast, uh, and uh, that's really relaxing. Uh, also, um, I have my uh, 3DS that I like to travel with. I do street passes, uh, so um, fun games to take with you. Uh, uh, Smash Brothers for the 3DS is quite good, Mario Kart 7. Um, and uh, Bravely Second is coming out um, tomorrow. I'm going to have to wait till we're back on land before I can buy it, um, but I'm really looking forward to that. And if you have a Surface, like Mike and I do, as well, um, uh, John does, and Burton's looking to get one, uh, there's, um, it's called Big Hill Racing. Big, uh, Big Hill Racing, I think that's what it's called. Yeah, uh, that's a fun app. Um, it's free. Yeah, and it's ad-based, so when you're on on... When, you're, when your service is fully connected, your, your home network, you're on Wi-Fi, whatever, there will be some ads on some of the menus that come up. They don't impact gameplay at all. And when you're playing it when you're not connected, there's no ads there. It doesn't glitch out. It works beautifully well. So it actually works better when you're disconnected because yeah. the ads aren't there. It's not trying to download them and all that kind of stuff. So download it before you go on your trip. Have it on your Surface. It's probably available on other devices, too. I think I saw somebody had it on their phone. It might be on other things. I don't know. It's in the, it's in the Microsoft's uh, App Store, though. Uh, and so that's what we've been playing this trip, and uh, we've been comparing high scores and all that kind of stuff. That's been a lot and of I'm fun. And I'm winning, just to put that out there. He's, he's winning, he's winning a lot more than he champion. should. Yeah. I don't know. We haven't compared some scores. I, did, I made some progress this morning. So. Okay. We'll, we'll compare. Um, but anyways, yeah. So We'll compare so I can win. Anyways, yeah, carry on. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, you know, uh, bring a couple TV shows or something uh, for the flight, for the hotel, uh, you know, uh, going up and uh, watching some show, relaxing on Serenity Under the Stars, it's not a bad way to spend some time. Yeah. Your um, iPod or MP3, just listen to your MP3s, it's great. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's very relaxing, so yeah. just some, some prep tips there. And just know that when you're out, uh, a lot of the uh, lawn... Uh, deck chairs? Deck chairs, thank you. Uh, will be taken, so make sure you go out either early or scope it out, and when someone leaves, make sure you get in there to take it, because you might be waiting a while. Yeah, it depends on the size of the ship and how full the ship is. Carnival generally sails full, so, I mean, if that is the key uh, to your happiness on a cruise, is having your own lounge chair, then it might be worth investing in a balcony, because then you don't, you don't have to worry about that, and the balconies are generally in shade, so you don't have to worry about sunburn either. I like being outside, I like having the view, but I don't like getting burned. Yeah. Um, you know, with fresh air and everything. So um, get a hat uh, when yes. you when you cruise and try not to have it flow overboard. I had some close calls over the years, but I've yet to lose a hat at sea. Um, but it's a it's a good idea because when you're in port, it'll protect you against bugs and sunburns. And then when you're on the ship, it'll protect you from sunburn. And uh, make sure that you always get uh, sunblock. Yes. And again, I recommend after the flight because I have had sunblock explode in my luggage once before. I think it was a transatlantic flight, but nevertheless, it could happen. So again, 
once you land, try to find a Walgreens, a CVS, a, a Walmart, Kmart, whatever's useful for you, uh, gas station 7-Eleven, whatever if you have to, that'll be a little bit more, um, but then make sure you get some sunblock at like a good 50 SPF, so, you know, you're good. Anyways, we're running out of time here, so we're going to wrap things up. All right. So this has been our first ever podcast. Let us know if you like it and would like to see more. Maybe we can do it monthly or every trip. I don't know. Yeah. So for Mike and Ray, this has been the Vacation Impossible Podcast. Happy traveling. Thanks for listening.